Just a quick heads up, a little warning going into before this episode begins. There may be a little bit of salty language, um, including, I think, one F-bomb. So if you have young children or if you have a sensitive ear of your own or you don't want to have to explain what certain words mean, like the F-bomb, because you just don't have the time and you're not ready to have that conversation yet. You may want to skip this episode, or you may want to listen to it in advance before you let young and, pre- young and or impressionable people listen to the episode. Just a fair warning, a little bit of salty language early on in this episode and a couple of spots throughout. Enjoy the show. Welcome to I Have So Many Questions, a show about finding enlightenment from even the most mundane interrogatories. I am your esteemed host, Brian Watson. Please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts at. It helps bring in new listeners as I work towards establishing my cult of personality, which as I have repeatedly stated, is the sole purpose of this entire program. Here's how you can get in touch with the show. Twitter handle is at I have so many pod or just look up I have so many questions podcast in the search function of your Twitter app. The email address is I have questions podcast at gmail.com facebook.com forward slash I have so many questions podcast. There's an Instagram page. Don't go there. The show is hosted on Anchor.fm and through their mobile app, streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, PocketCast, Breaker, Radio Public, and now iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Can't emphasize enough, Spotify is probably the easiest way to find the show um, because Spotify owns Anchor.fm. Anchor is now a subsidiary of uh, Spotify, so there's a certain degree of symbiosis going on there. Please review the show's open submission policy if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you'd like to possibly be a co-host of the show, if you'd just like to take over the show. Please review the open submissions policy. All requests are welcome as long as they are not illegal, unethical, or could lead to my deportation. Finally getting to this episode. And it took a while to get ready for this one. This one, this was the most heavily researched episode that I've done. Normally, I go just go to Wikipedia, pull the page, pull a page, highlight some comments or some information on there and go. This time, completely different. There is so much content out there on this subject that it took time, mostly because a lot of the content is on YouTube. It's video and you can't speed read through video, basically. And there's just hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of hours of content, almost exclusively by those who advocate for this point of view. There is some rebuttal out there, but mostly it's the uh, acolytes of this. I don't know. Do you call it a theory? Do you call it a, a conspiracy theory? I guess that might be the best way to look at it is this conspiracy theory. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, not to beat around the bush any longer, but we're talking about flat earthers. Or I'm going to talk about flat earthers. People who believe in 2019 that the earth is flat and has always been flat. I'm going to say straight up up front. A lot of times I try to, on these type of things, I try to see things from, look at it from both perspectives. I can't on this one. I just can't. This is like the incel episode. I don't get it at all. And 
I really don't. When And when I start going into some of the details of it, I think it'll speak for itself in a lot of ways. It's that absurd. I mean, it really is that nonsensical. There is no, as one of the rebuttal videos I found on YouTube said, there is no model to this. It's just, it's a very Trumpy type of way of addressing things. I'm just going to pull shit out of the air or I'm just going to make shit up and make it sound pseudo-scientific or pseudo-plausible. And that's what I'm going to go with to justify or ex not to justify, but to explain things that you have to explain if you're going to argue that the earth is not round, that it is in fact flat. What I found most perplexing, eh, not really perplexing, I guess we're in the internet age, in the age of the a digital bubble or digital silos at my last job there was constant talk about breaking down silos everybody is in their own silo this group of people is in their own silo they do their own thing over here this group of people over there is in their own silo they only do their own thing so we need to break down the silo so that everybody works together because we're all on the same team that type of thing well on the internet you've got digital silos everybody's got their own little bubbles some of those bubbles are transparent. Some of those bubbles are made of motherfucking concrete. And unfortunately, it's heading more towards the concrete bubbles. Everything is heading more and more towards the concrete bubbles than otherwise. But what I found most perplexing about doing the research on this, especially with the YouTube stuff, the videos, it's the the air of superiority and, and the straight up blatant, latent condescension and trolling that goes on with among flat earthers. There is a high and mighty attitude among a lot of them. And I'm sure this is true in any group that thinks they're in the know or they're in a position of superiority or they're in a position of exclusive knowledge, that type of thing. I'm willing to bet that with any, um, you got probably got Kennedy's conspiracists who are probably like that a lot. Oh, I bet UFO people, people believe in UFO and alien abduction. I bet they're like that a lot as well. But any group that perceives itself to have a level of knowledge or understanding that the rest of us don't, you know, you're going to get a degree of arrogance involved in that. But the condescension and the, the air of superiority was to the point where they're just flat out trolling. All the videos I saw, a lot of it was just, well, duh, is kind of the tone that you got with it. Well, duh, I can see Chicago from the other side of Lake Michigan. Of course, the earth is flat. Well, duh, of course, the, of course, the moon landings were faked. Duh. Of course, Antarctica is actually a 150 foot ice wall that surrounds the entire planet. So nothing falls off it. Well, duh. But when you go to those videos on YouTube and you want, you don't have to watch a lot of them, but you know, you watch two or three of them and that's kind of the just two or three from the same group. There's lots of groups or, or individuals and you watch a handful of them from each. And that's kind of the, and that's really the impression that you get. So I found that rather surprising. There's going to be the show notes for this episode are just going to be large. I'm going to have tons of hyperlinks uh, to YouTube stuff. There are a couple of uh, news stories. One was done by ABC News. Another one was done by, by National Geographic. Where did they go to a couple of um, they go to flat earth conventions? There are there is a, there's a flat earth convention. Um, actually, I think there's probably multiple of them. Conferences. I don't think they call them a convention as much as they call them conferences. And it was a couple of months ago. I have a subscription to Popular Science Magazine. Unfortunately, they only do quarterly issues now, four times a year. That's the age of uh, the age of print media 
or the the state of print media in the 21st century. And a couple of months ago or a few months ago, I got an issue from them. And in the issue was somebody went to a flat earth and not I don't want to say flat earth society because that's a completely different thing, but a conference of flat earthers. And I read the and I read the article and the article tried to explain what flat earthers believe. I'm reading it. I'm like, this makes no sense at all. And that was kind of reading that article was kind of the impetus for this episode. But the other thing that was the impetus for this episode was last partly was last year, everything with Kyrie Irving. And for those of you who don't know, Kyrie Irving is an NBA basketball player, was a one and done and went to Duke. He's an NBA basketball player, won a title with LeBron when they were both in Cleveland. He's had a up and down career, to put it mildly. Anyway, last year, Kyrie Irving in an interview, stated that he believed the earth was flat. Remember, he went to Duke for a year. He made headlines when cons- when discussing conspiracy theories with Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry, two former NBA players, on their podcast, and the two of former teammates of his. He told them, quote, the earth is flat, the earth is flat, it's right in front of our faces. I'm telling you, it's right in front of our faces. They lie to us, unquote. He claimed that he had done extensive research on the topic and knows the science behind it, behind it, which has led him to believe this social phenomenon, flat earth phenomenon. Not long after that, he retracted the comments and he was said, I believe he said something to the effect of they were taken out of context. There were a couple other people that either backed him up or something or another, but that was the big one was Kyrie Irving. Everybody's like, you went to Duke. Yeah, it was only for a year, but you went to Duke and you think the earth is flat. I will say this. I was, I did learn something from doing research on this. One, there's the, there's one big myth that every child probably to this day has been taught and it turns out, and we were taught it as fact, but it's not true. It's a lie. Actually, it's not really a lie as much as it is propaganda. And that's where I'm going to kind of jump into this first. The lie or the propaganda that we were sold is that Columbus proved the earth was round. No, he didn't. The other propaganda was that everybody believed that the earth was flat and that everybody was afraid when Columbus went on his trip, when he went west from Europe to find a, an alternate route to the far east. Um, in this case, he was, I think he was trying to get to Japan. The concern was, was that we're going to fall off the edge of the earth. The earth is flat. We're going to fall off the edge of the earth and by con Dios. Not true. None of that is true. The idea, and I apologize, there's going to be a lot of reading of notes because I have a shit ton of notes for this episode. The idea of a spherical earth appeared in Greek philosophy with Pythagoras. Yes, the guy who made, who created the theorem in 6th century BC. Although most pre-Socratics in the 6th or 5th century BC retained the flat earth model. In the early 4th century BC, Plato wrote about a spherical earth, and by about 330 BC, his former student Aristotle provided evidence for the spherical shape of the earth on empirical grounds. Interestingly enough, the only civilization that didn't really take to a concept of a spherical earth was the Chinese. In ancient China, the the prevailing belief was that the earth was flat and square while the heavens were round, an assumption virtually unquestioned until the introduction of European astronomy in the 17th century. So evidently much of China has believed that the earth or believed the earth was flat until about 400 years ago. St. Thomas Aquinas, the most widely taught theologian of the Middle Ages, believed in a spherical earth. And he even took for granted his readers also knew the earth was round. 
so he assumed that everybody knew the earth was round in his, when, he wrote his, when he wrote his works. Lectures in the medieval universities commonly advanced evidence in favor of the idea that the earth was a sphere. Portuguese navigation down and around the coast of Africa in the latter half of the 1400s gave wide-scale observ observational evidence for earth's sphericity. There's a word. In these explorations, the sun's position moved more northward the further south the explorers traveled. The ultimate demonstration of the spherical Earth came when Ferdinand Magellan's ex expedition completed the first circumnavigation of the globe in 1521. Antonio Pigafetta, one of the few survivors of Magellan's voyage, recorded the loss of a day in the course of the voyage, giving evidence for east-west curvature. Muslim scholars of the past believed in a spherical Earth. Basically, going back to Pythagoras before, you know, BC, before the birth of Christ, if you believe in that sort of thing, scholars have concluded, except for in ancient China, that the earth was round. Portuguese navigators in the 1400s, this would be right around the time of Christopher Columbus, or a little bit before that, observed evidence to support a spherical earth. That brings us to the myth. And this is all propaganda. The story about Columbus proving that the earth was round, people, everyone believing that the earth was flat at the time that they were going to fall off the edge of the earth, was entirely concocted by Washington Irving. Yes, that Washington Irving, the same man who wrote The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Beginning in the 19th century, a historical myth arose which held that the predominant cosmological doctrine during the Middle Ages was that the earth was flat. An early proponent of this myth was American writer Washington Irving, who maintained that Columbus had to, had to overcome the opposition of churchmen to gain sponsorship for his voyage of exploration. Later significant advocates of this view were John William Draper and Andrew Dixon White, who used it as a major element in, the ab in their advocacy of the thesis that there was a long-lasting and essential conflict between science and religion. That is where the propaganda comes from. And it got worse right around the time of uh, Darwin's theory of evolution, the publication of Darwin's theory of evolution. From at least the 14th century, belief in a flat earth among educated Europeans was almost non-existent. According to Stephen Jay Gould, there never, there never was a period of flat earth darkness among scholars, regardless of how, of how the public at large may have conceptualized our planet both then and now. Greek knowledge of sphericity never faded. There was scarcely a Christian scholar of the Middle Ages who did not acknowledge Earth's sphericity and no, even know its approximate circumference. The flat earth error of the Middle Ages flourished around 1870 to 1920 and had to do with the ideological setting created by struggles over biological evolution. Those who believed in evolution and those of the religious persuasion who opposed the idea of evolution. Let's get back to Washington Irving. In 1828, Washington Irving wrote a biography called a, line, a History of the Life and Voyages of Christopher Columbus. The book was published and mistaken by many for a scholarly work. In chapter 4 of book 2 of, the, of his biography, Irving gave a largely fictional account of the meetings of a commission established by the Spanish sovereigns to examine C Columbus's proposals. Remember, Columbus was an Italian. He couldn't get anybody in Italy to fund his expeditions. So he went next door to Spain, and the Spanish eventually funded his expeditions. One of Irving's more fanciful embellishments was a highly unlikely tale that the more ignorant and bigoted members on the commission had raised scriptural, from the Bible, scriptural objections to Columbus's assertions that the earth was spherical. This was not the case. 
The issue in the 1490s was not about the shape of the Earth, but its size and the position of the east coast of Asia relative to the west coast of Europe. Columbus's estimate, the, the reality was, Columbus's estimate for the size of the degree and for the circumference of the Earth was about 25% too small. The combined effect of these mistakes was that Columbus estimated the distance to Japan to be about only 5,000 kilometers, which actually took him to the eastern edge of the Caribbean. 5,000 kilometers would take him to the eastern edge of the Caribbean, while the true figure was actually 20,000 kilometers. The Spanish scholars may not have known the exact distance to the east coast of Asia, but they believed that it was significantly further than Columbus projected. This was the basis of the criticism in Spain and Portugal, whether, whether among academics or mariners, of Columbus's proposed voyage. Basically said, no, you're wrong. No, 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 it's further than you think it is. The disputed point was not the shape of, of the Earth, nor the idea that going west would eventually lead to Japan and China, but the ability of European ships to sail that far across open seas. The small ships of the day, Columbus's ships were only 60 to 70 feet in length, in length, and only carried about 90 men each. The small ships of the day simply could not carry enough food and water to reach Japan. The ships barely reached the eastern Caribbean islands. By the time they got there, the crews were already mutinous, not because of the fear of some falling off the edge of the earth, but because they were running out of food and water with no chance of any new supplies within sailing distance. So in other words, they're going west, out into the open ocean, there's nothing out there. There's no islands, there, there's no stops, there's no port of call where they can resupply. There's no places in between. And they keep going, and they keep going, and they keep going, and they're in these little 60 to 70 foot long ships. These things are dinky, and they're going west, and they're going west, and they're running out of food, and they're running out of water. If anybody ever, if you actually saw that movie In the Heart of the Sea, that Ron Howard movie with the Thor in it, which was horribly, horribly misadvertised, I read the book. I didn't watch the movie. I got 30 minutes through the movie, and I'm like, I can't, no. No. The book goes into excruciating detail of what happens when you run out of food and water on the open ocean and you've got nothing. It's not pleasant. Not pleasant at all. Columbus's crews were on the edge of starvation. What saved Columbus was the unknown existence of the Americas precisely at the point he thought he'd reached Japan, which is why everybody Columbus thought he'd reached thought he'd reached the East the East Asia East Indies, but in fact he'd reached the Caribbean. He got it wrong. He was able to resupply with food and water from the Caribbean islands and allowing him to safely return to, to Europe. Otherwise, his crews would have died and the ships would have foundered. Instead, what does Washington Irving put in his biography of Columbus? It's because of the religious zealots quoting the Bible, saying that you're, and everybody was saying, because everybody was stupid back then, you're gonna, we're gonna fall off the edge of the earth because the earth is flat. And Columbus said, no, 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 it's round. And Columbus proved that it was round. This is all bullshit. This is all propaganda. Washington Irving was an anti-religious person, which is unusual for the early 19th century, but he was anti-religion, so he used Columbus for anti-religion propaganda. In his book, Inventing the Flat Earth, Columbus and Modern Historians, author Jeffrey Russell describes the flat earth theory as a fable used to impugn pre-modern civilization and creationism. Author James Hanam wrote, 
The myth that people in the Middle Ages thought the Earth was flat appears to date from the 17th century as part of a campaign by Protestants against Catholic teaching, but it gained currency in the 19th century thanks to an inaccurate history such as William John William Draper's History of the Conflict Between Religion and Science, published in 1874, and Andrew Dixon White's A History of the Warfare of Science with Theology and Christendom, published in 1896. Atheists and agnostics of the time championed the conflict thesis for their own purposes, but historical research gradually demonstrated that Draper and White had propagated more fantasy than fact in their efforts to prove that science and religion are locked in eternal conflict. The disputes surrounding the Darwinian Revolution contributed to the birth of the conflict thesis, a view of history according to which any interaction between religion and science would almost inevitably lead to open hostility, with religion usually taking the part of the aggressor against new scientific ideas. Washington Irving was an advocate in this conflict thesis. He was an anti-religion advocate and he used Christopher Columbus to propagate his worldview. In 1834, a few years after the publication of Irving's book, Jean-Antoine Latron, a French academic of strong anti-religious ideas, misrepresented the Church Fathers and their medieval successors as believing in a flat earth in his On the Cosmological Ideas of the Church Fathers. Draper, who I just spoke about, employed the claim that early Church Fathers thought the earth was flat as evidence of the hostility of the Church to the advancement of science. Andrew Dixon White uh, repeated the story of widespread religious belief in the Flat Earth in his 1876 book and elaborated 20 years later in his two-volume history of the warfare of history of blah 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 blah. These two books by Dixon White exaggerated the number and significance of medieval Flat Earthers to support White's model of warfare between dogmatic theology and scientific progress. As Draper and White's metaphor of ongoing war between the scientific progress of the Enlightenment and the religious obscurantism of the Dark Ages became widely accepted, it spread the idea of medieval belief in the Flat Earth. Although the misperception, or misconception, excuse me, was frequently refuted in historical scholarship since at least 1920, it persisted in popular culture and in some school textbooks into the 20th century. If you're a kid in the United States, probably to this day and going back since I don't know when, you were taught that Columbus proved the Earth was round. Everybody thought the Earth was flat. In Columbus's time, he sailed west. He proved the horizon. He went over the horizon. He proved the Earth was round. We were all taught that. You know, until I read about Washington Irving and what happened here, I thought Columbus proved that the Earth was round and that everybody back then thought that the Earth was flat. Well, no. We were fed propaganda. Actually, we were evidently fed a bullshit story by Washington Irving that he put in a biography, which everybody took as legit. No, I guess nobody bothered to, well, it was 1820, so there probably wasn't a lot of fact checking going on back then. There wasn't any editors going, oh, no, no, you know, I wonder how many typos or misspelled words are in, the, are in that book since it was published in 1820. But everybody was taught that Columbus proved the earth was round and that everybody thought the earth was flat. Yeah, no, not true. The flat earth model has often been incorrectly supposed to be church doctrine by those who wish to portray the Catholic church as being anti-progress or hostile to scientific inquiry. It's always the Catholics. Everybody's got to go after the Catholics. So what have we learned so far? We were lied to about Christopher Columbus. Again, once again, Columbus was given credit for shit he didn't actually do. And at the hands of the guy who wrote, who wrote the tale of Ichabod Crane, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. I'm sure, he read, read, he, I'm sure he wrote other stuff, but that's the only one I remember. I think that's the only one that anybody remembers.
Let's jump to the topic at hand. Well, not really the topic at hand, but let's jump to modern flat earth society. People who actually do believe that the earth is flat. Modern flat earth belief originated with the English writer Samuel Robotham, who was born in 1816. Based on conclusions derived from the Bedford level experiment, and I'm not going to go into what that is because it didn't make any sense to me at the time. It didn't make any sense to me when I read it. Robotham published a pamphlet, Zetetic or Zetetic, excuse me, Zetetic Astronomy. He later expanded into the book Earth Not a Globe, proposing the Earth as a flat disk centered at the North Pole and bounded along its southern edge, southern edge by a wall of ice. The Earth is flat. How can you have a north and a south? But I digress. Flat disk centered at the North Pole and bounded along its southern edge by a wall of ice, Antarctica. Robotham further held that the sun and moon were 3,000 miles above the Earth and that the cosmos was 3,100 miles above the Earth. He also published a leaflet titled The Inconsistency of Modern Astronomy and Its Opposition to the Scriptures, which argued that, quote, the Bible, alongside our senses, supported the idea that the Earth was flat and immovable and this essential truth should not be set aside for a system based solely on human conjecture, unquote. He wrote this in the 1800s. Modern flat earth theory has not really deviated from this at all. And I'll go into that further in a moment. In 1956, Samuel Shenton created the International Flat Earth Research Society as a successor to the Universal Zetetic Society. Shenton's interest in alternative science and technology, he had an interest in that. The emphasis on religious arguments was less than in the, pre the predecessor society. So he started to move away from religious-based arguments for the Earth being flat. When satellite images showed Earth as a sphere, Shenton remarked, quote, It's easy to see how a photograph like that could fool the untrained eye, unquote. That's going to be a recurring theme. Later, asked about similar photographs taken by astronauts, he attributed curvature to the use of wide-angle lenses, adding, quote, It's a deception of the public, and it isn't right, unquote. Let's jump to the Flat Earth Society. The Flat Earth Society, which you've probably heard of, but you've never bothered to look into it all, is barely a society at all. It's got maybe a few hundred people as members. There are probably fraternities that have larger memberships. The Flat Earth Society's most recent planet model is that humanity lives on a disk with the North Pole at its center and a 150-foot-high wall of ice Antarctica at the outer edge. This is their current most recent planet model, and it hasn't deviated from the kooky Brit from the 1800s. The resulting map resembles the symbol of the United Nations, which Johnson used as evidence for his position. This would be the guy who started the Flat Earth Society. In this model, the sun and moon are, about, are each 32 miles in diameter. That's right, the sun and the moon are 32 miles in diameter. My commute, daily commute to work, is about 27 miles. So the size, the diameter of the Earth and the moon are not, according to these people, is not much bigger than, the, than my one-way commute to work. Presently, the Flat, Earth, the Flat Earth Society went away at some point, and then it was resurrected in 2004, based around a web-based discussion forum. This eventually led to the official relaunch of the Society in 2009, and the creation of a new website featuring a public collection of Flat Earth literature and a wiki, which is where I pulled a shit ton of information. In the internet era, the availability of communications technology and social, social media, like YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, have made it easy for individuals, famous or not, to spread disinformation and attract others to their erroneous ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's how we got Donald Trump. Oh, I, you know what? I suddenly realized there's a glaring hole in my research. I did not go to Facebook or, you, or um, Twitter. Hmm. Maybe we'll do a follow-up on this. 
Modern flat earthers generally embrace some form of conspiracy theory out of the necessity of explaining why major institutions such as governments, media outlets, schools, scientists, and airlines all assert that the earth is a sphere. They tend to not trust observations they have not made themselves and often distrust or disagree with each other. Based on the speakers at a 2018 UK Flat Earth Convention, believers in a flat earth vary widely in their views. While most agree upon a disc-shaped earth, some are convinced the earth is diamond-shaped. I don't know how they're getting that. Further, while most believers do not believe in outer space, and none believe mankind has ever traveled, traveled there, We'll get to, I'll get to that in a minute. They vary widely in their views of the universe. Evidently, the everybody remember the August 2017 solar eclipse? This would be the one where Donald Trump was outside on the uh, balcony of the White House and looked straight up at it without any protective eyewear. Yeah, that tells you all you need to know about Donald Trump, moron. Evidently, that eclipse gave rise to numerous YouTube videos purporting to show how the details of the eclipse proved the Earth is actually flat. I didn't see those videos. This is my favorite one. There's actually a documentary out there. I think you can I think you can watch it on Amazon Prime for free. If you have Amazon Prime. There was a guy named Mike Hughes, daredevil and flat earth conspiracy theorist who who built, who made his own rocket. His home-built man rocket in an attempt to see for himself if the earth is flat. He attempted to launch the rocket in March of 2018. It was made of scrap metal, estimated to cost about $20,000, and he used his and he used a mobile home as a custom launch pad. He actually was able to take off. He climbed to about 1900 feet with him inside, and then there was a hard landing but parachutes successfully ployed and he lived he lived to tell the tale. The rocket the amateur rocketeer was not seriously injured and remains firm in his flat earth beliefs. He claims that real evidence will come with larger rockets. So basically, he's going to try again. Okay, now for a little um, objective research. Not really objective research, but objective articles. Keep in mind, these people believe that the Earth is flat, that the North Pole is at the center of the Earth, the center being the center of the disk, and that Antarctica is actually a 150-foot ice wall around its edge. What, they, what I did not find was how they address global warming in regards to the ice wall. I probably could have found something, maybe, but you think that would have been front and center. If your theory of the planet is that there's a 150 foot ice wall around the edge of the planet keeping everything from falling off, what happens when the wall starts shrinking? But again, didn't really address that. Okay, let's get into the conspiracy part of this, the fun stuff. Leading flat earth theory holds that earth is a disk with the arctic circle in the center and Antarctica, a 150 foot wall of ice around the rim. NASA employees, they say, guard this ice wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disk. There is tons of video out there saying that, uh, talking about this treaty that all of these world governments agreed upon. I think in the 1950s, it might have been earlier than that, regarding Antarctica, where Antarctica is off limits. And they're like, why would they need a treaty to have Antarctica off limits? What could they be hiding? Could it be because there's 150, because Antarctica is really a 150 foot ice wall around the edge of the earth? Nobody can go there. Nobody can prove. Nobody can go there. They keep it secluded and everything, except for the fact that you can take a cruise to Antarctica. You can take a tour of Antarctica on a cruise ship. Yeah, not really addressed. 
or if it were addressed and I didn't find anything that it was addressed by flat earthers, they'd probably say, yeah, well, you're not really going to Antarctica. It's like those people that say, well, you know, Russia and the Soviet Union and China and North Korea and Venezuela, that's not real socialism. We've never tried real socialism. So if you take a cruise ship to Antarctica, you're not really going to Antarctica. Okay, well, you're going someplace with a lot of freaking ice. So where am I actually going? The other thing they don't explain is why is there a 150 foot wall of ice around the edge of the earth? Where's the, how's the ice? How did the ice form? I guess it's got to be is their explanation for where the sun is in the sky. And we'll get to that here shortly too. But NASA employees guard the secrecy of the ice wall. Earth's day and night cycle is explained by positing that the sun and the moon are spheres measuring 32 miles and move in circles and move in circles 3,000 miles above the plane of the earth. Stars, they say, move in a plane of 3,100 miles up. So, Earth and Moon closer, stars a little further back, but not very far back. Like spotlights, these celestial spheres illuminate different portions of the planet in a 24-hour cycle. That's how you get the day and the night, according to them. Flat Earthers believe that there must be an invisible anti-moon that obscures the moon during lunar eclipses. If there's an anti-moon out there, an invisible anti-moon out there, you'd think it would wouldn't it obscure the sun as well at times? I digress. Furthermore, flat earthers believe that Earth's gravity is an illusion. Objects do not accelerate downward. Instead, the disk of the Earth accelerates upward at 32 feet per second, or 9.8 meters per second squared, which is the force of gravity, but there's no gravity. Instead, the flat disk is going upward, and going upward at such a speed, at a force, at acceleration, that G-forces, Yes, G-forces are coming down on you. Yeah, it's the G-forces. Because the disk is moving up, the G-forces are 32 feet per second squared, or 9.8 meters per second squared. That's what's keeping you on the planet. Keeping you on the disk. The disk of the Earth accelerates, driven up by a mysterious force called dark energy. Currently, there is disagreement among flat earthers about whether or not Einstein's theory of relativity per permits Earth to accelerate upward indefinitely without the planet eventually surpassing the speed of light. Einstein's laws apparently still hold in this alternate version of reality. I saw a couple of videos, a couple of flat earth videos where they do, where they kind of cling to Einstein's theory of relativity or they, or they use Einstein's theory of relativity to support their views. The mistake that evidently they make is that they separate space and time. They don't understand that there's a thing called space time, which is what Einstein was talking about. It's not space and time, it's space-time, and evidently that's where the problem lies. As for what lies underneath the disk of Earth, this is unknown, but most flat Earthers believe it is composed of rocks. Flat Earthers believe photos of the globe are photoshopped. GPS devices are rigged to make airplane pilots think they are flying in straight lines around a sphere when they are actually flying in circles above a disk. There was a video of a guy who's a flat Earther, and he was doing an experiment. And his experiment was to show that the Earth is actually flat. And he decided to do it on an airplane. And how was he going to prove? He was on a commercial flight. And his proof that the Earth is flat was that he was on an airplane. And on the armrest of his seat was a level. Yes, a level. A small level, like the one, like the kind you would use to uh, use to hang a picture frame on a wall. You know, you get one of those picture frames that's got the two hooks on it. So you've got to make sure. So when you put in the pilot screws into the wall, you've got to put in two of them and you got to make sure they're level because if you don't, there's no real way you're going to be able to fix that. So you use a level to make sure that they're level. Yeah, one of those. A little handheld level looked 
probably six inches long, less than a foot, definitely less than a foot. And he put it on the armrest of his chair. The fact that the bubble didn't move proved to him, and he felt definitively proved that the earth is flat and not round. This is their idea of scientific experimentation to prove their theory. The motive for world government's concealment of the true shape of the earth has not been ascertained, but flat earthers believe it is probably financial. Quote, in a nutshell, it would logically cost much less to fake a space program than to actually have one. So those in on the conspiracy profit from the funding NASA and other space agencies receive from the uh, government. Unquote. This came from the Flat Earther website's Frequently Asked Questions page. The Flat Earth theory follows from a... This is... Okay, now we're going to get into something kind of important here. And I'm going to... When I get to referencing the Flat Earth wiki page, not the Wikipedia page, but their wiki page, which is actually run by Flat Earthers. And I think the Flat Earth Society is the one who runs it. The theory follows from a mode of thought called the Zetetic... This is Z-E-T-E-T-I-C... The Zetetic Method, an alternative to the scientific method developed by a 19th century flat earther. This would be our kooky British friend, Samuel Robotham. Zetetic Method. Man, I cannot say that. The Zetetic Method basically says sensory observations reign supreme. According to Flat Earth Society Vice President Michael Wilmore, an Irishman. I don't know why they need to put that in detail in there. My uh, Vi- Flat Earth Society Vice President Michael Wilmore told Life's Little Mysteries magazine, I think, quote, broadly, the method places a lot of emphasis on reconciling empiricism and rationalism and making logical deductions based on empirical data, unquote. Yeah, this is bullshit. In Zetetic Astronomy, the perception that Earth is flat leads to the deduction that it must actually be flat. The anti-moon NASA cons- the anti-moon NASA conspiracy and all of the rest of it just are just rationalizations for how that might work in practice. Basically, if you perceive the Earth as flat, it must be flat. We'll get into that here in a moment. Again, all kinds of problems with this. Now I'm jumping to the Flat Earth Wiki page, in particular their frequently frequently asked questions section, which was a hodgepodge of ridiculous information. First question: What evidence do you have that the Earth is flat? The evidence for a flat Earth is derived from many different facets of science and technology. I'm pretty sure I'm quoting them verbatim here. Is derived from many different facets of science and philosophy. The simplest is by relying on one's own senses to discern the true nature of the world around us. The world looks flat. The bottoms of clouds are flat. The movement of the sun. These are all examples of your senses telling you that you do not live on a spherical heliocentric world. This is using what's called an empirical approach or an approach that relies on information from your senses. That is not what an empirical approach is. That is bullshit. Alternatively, when using Descartes' method of Cartesian doubt to skeptically view the world around us, one quickly finds that the notion of a spherical world is the theory which has the burden of proof and not the flat earth theory. In other words, the burden of proof to show that the earth is round is on the people who think the earth is round. Flat earthers don't have to do that. Why? Because they see that the earth, because they perceive the earth is flat. Okay? All flat earthers, you you go look at the videos and all this kind of stuff, and obviously this comes from their wiki page. They believe this. I, the guy with the level on the airplane, it's because he sees it. He sees the level. It doesn't move. Therefore, the earth must be flat. Not realizing, of course, that your senses fuck with you all the time. You cannot rely on your senses. Solely rely on your senses. 
all of your senses are entirely based upon how your brain interprets the information provided. You walk into a room and you smell something, and the first thing you try to do is figure out what the hell that smell is. What is it? Where is it coming from? I walked into my kitchen today, and I smelled something, and I couldn't place it, and I couldn't figure out what it was, and I was a little concerned because it kind of smelled like something was burning, and I was standing right next to the stove at the time. But it was like 4.30 in the afternoon, we weren't cooking dinner or lunch or anything. I don't believe my wife was baking, and I'm standing there, and I can't place the smell. I can't identify it. My wife looks at me, and she goes, I had a candle burning in here. I just blew it out. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Now it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it smells like a candle that just got burnt out. All for my senses. But this is what flat earthers believe. What you see, hear, touch, taste, smell, that overrides everything else. What you perceive, your perception is your reality. It, not yet yeah, your perception is your reality. Your perception is the reality. Not taking into account that your senses and your brain fucks with you all the time. You get shit wrong. How many times have you and some, how many times have you and a group of people in a group of people looked at something and all reached a different conclusion about what you're seeing? Something innocuous as the shade or the color of something. Remember the, um, what was it last year? The dress, the striped dress. Is it blue or is it gold? What's the color of this dress? And how everybody kept coming up with different answers. Nobody could agree on it. That's perception, kids. And that's what you're going to rely upon as the sole cognitive basis for the Earth being flat or believing that the Earth is flat? Let's move on. Next question. People have been into space. How have they not discovered that the Earth is flat? The most commonly accepted explanation of this is that the space agencies of the world, that the space agencies of the world are involved in a conspiracy faking space travel and exploration. This likely began during the Cold War space race in which the USSR and the USA were obsessed with beating each other into space to the point that each faked their accomplishments in an attempt to keep pace with the other supposed achievements. It wasn't just that we faked the space race, so did the Soviet Union. So Sputnik, the Mercury missions, Yuri Gagarin, the Apollo moon landing, moon landing the International Space Station, um, the Soyuz capsules, what was the um, Mir, Skylab, all that stuff. Complete and total bullshit, according to Flat Earthers. Since the end of the Cold War, however, the conspiracy is most likely motivated by greed rather than political gains. And using only some of their funding to continue to fake space travel saves a lot of money to embezzle for themselves. In light of the above, please note that we are not suggesting that space agencies are aware that the Earth is flat and actively covering the fact up. They depict the Earth as simply as being round simply because that is what they expect it to believe. Expect it to be, excuse me. So NASA is innocently propagating a conspiracy because they don't know better. There are sinister forces who were enriching themselves by faking the space program so that they can get rich. Next question. There are many pictures on the internet and in other media depicting the Earth as being round. Why do these not disprove the Flat Earth theory? In general, we at the Flat Earth Society do not lend much credibility to photographic evidence. Keep in mind, they rely on the senses. See what you see, touch, taste, test, taste, feel, touch. I think I might have repeated one of those. Anyway, your senses. But can't believe what your eyes tell you in terms of looking at a photograph. It is too easily manipulated. It is too easily manipulated and altered. This would be photographic evidence. Many of the videos posted here to prove a round Earth by showing curvature will show no curvature or even concave curvature at parts. This was also all over YouTube. 
They would show video from the 50s, from the first sp- the, from the first spacewalk to video taken in the present day. Astronauts on the International Space Station. They'd go out on a spacewalk, and then and then they would say, and the astronauts would say, "See, this proves that the Earth. Is, look at the video. This proves the Earth is round." And the flat Earthers would be like, "No, no, no, no. This this doesn't look. Oh, look in this shot. Look here. Oh, look how the Earth is bending the other way." That can mean the Earth is round if it's bending the other way, which completely ignores the fact that the, the astronaut, it's not just that the Earth is moving, the astronaut's moving as well. And guess what he's probably doing? He's probably moving upside down relative to the Earth. But I digress. The sources are so inaccurate, it's difficult to build an argument on them in either case. Furthermore, barrel distortion and other quirks of modern cameras will cause a picture to distort in ways which may not be immediately obvious or apparent, especially without references within the picture. Photographs are also prone to distortion when taken through the bent glass of a pressurized cabin, as well as atmospheric conditions on the outside. With this litany of problems, it's easy to see why photographic evidence is not to be trusted. It's also worth noting that if a person were to look down at the Earth from high above, they would expect to see a circular shape where the sun's spotlight was shining. This, is, this explains why high-altitude photographs are generally curved to produce the illusion of a round horizon. It's because of the sun. <sighs> Let's move on. What does the Earth look like? How is circumnavigation possible? In the flat Earth model, circumnavigation is performed by moving in a great circle around the North Pole. The Earth is surrounded by, on all sides by an ice wall that holds the oceans back. This ice wall is what explorers have named Antarctica. Beyond the ice wall is a topic of great interest to the Flat Earth Society. Notice how none of these Flat Earthers have tried to go to Antarctica to breach the wall. And not in one video and not in one source has I seen anybody. Surely there is some rich, stupid motherfucker who would finance an expedition of flat earthers to Antarctica. A bunch of them probably support the Republican Party. You could probably find a televangelist or some other a rich conservative Christian who would, you know, endorse or finance your expedition to Antarctica to prove the earth is flat. Surely to God, there are rich conspiracy theorists out there, but evidently that hasn't happened yet. Let's jump back into this question. How is circumnavigation possible? Circumnavigation is performed by moving in a great circle around the North Pole, which I already said. There's the Great Ice Wall, named Antarctica. Beyond the Ice Wall is a great topic of great interest to the Flat Earth Society, although nobody's bothered to fucking figure out what it is because they haven't gone there because they're full of shit. To our knowledge, no one has ever been very far past the ice wall and returned to tell the tale of their journey. They were, oh, that's, I'm, I'm willing to bet there's a conspiracy. Yeah, the people have tried, but they've never returned. Why? Because they were killed to protect the secret. The X-Files never did anything about the flat earth conspiracy theory. If the X-Files won't fucking touch you, you've got problems. What we do know is that the ice wall encircles the earth and serves to hold in our oceans and helps protect us from whatever lies beyond. It's like Game of Thrones. What is it, the North Wall? Yeah, that's what it is. It's Game of Thrones. Next question, how do you explain day-night cycles and seasons? Day and night cycles are easily explained on a flat earth. The sun moves in circles around the North Pole. When it's over your head, it's day. When it's not, it's night. The light of the sun is confined to a limited area and its light acts like a spotlight upon the earth. That's why it can only be 30, what, 3,000 miles above the earth? It can only be 32 miles wide. Otherwise, this shit doesn't work. 
The light of the sun is confined to a limited area and it acts like a spotlight upon the earth. The apparent effect of the sun rising and setting is usually explained as a perspective effect. In other words, it's your brain, your brain fooling you. Again, you're supposed to rely on your senses to prove that the earth is flat, but when it comes to the, per the apparent effect of the sun rising and setting, that's your brain fucking with you. It's a matter of perspective. Next question, how is there a mag magnetic field? Magnets can't be unipolar. While it's true that unipolar magnets can't exist, this isn't a problem for the flat earth. This is because ring magnets, which are shaped like, you guessed it, a flat disk, are capable of having radial magnetization. In a radial magnet, one magnetic pole is at the center and the other is at the points on the edge of the magnet. A magnet like this can be found in loudspeakers and perfectly replicates what is found on the earth. Okay, I've seen a couple of different stories about, or a couple of different theories about gravity. Both of them say gravity doesn't exist. One of them says that the reason gravity, there's a reason why we're stuck on the, on the ground and we don't float away is because we're moving upward. At the, at the exact acceleration rate, at an acceleration rate that matches the force of gravity. The other one is that there are magnets underneath the disk. Yeah. If the planets are round, why isn't the Earth? Yes, you heard that right. Flat Earthers believe that other planets are round. They believe the moon is round. They believe the sun is round. They do not believe that they are disks. They are spherical. Why? Because you see, when you look up at them, you see them, they're spheres. Because we are on the planet Earth, we cannot, we cannot see, because we are on the planet Earth, that the Earth is round. We see that the Earth is flat, so therefore, because we see the Earth is flat, the Earth must be flat. But when you look up in the sky, you can clearly see that the sun is round. You can clearly see that the moon is round. And you can clearly see that they are spherical. Why? Because you see different parts of each of them. Therefore, they're round, the Earth is flat. Other planets are round. Why? Because when you look through a telescope and you look into the night sky and you see them, you see that they are round. They are spheres. But the Earth is flat. Planets are orbiting astronomical objects. The Earth is not a planet by definition, as it sits at the center of our solar system, above which the planets and the sun re revolve. That's right. Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus, <laughs> Venus, Neptune, and Mercury they orbit us. Earth-centric. It's an Earth. Flat Earthers believe in an Earth-centric solar system. Everything orbits us. Because again, the Earth and the Moon are only 32 miles wide, 32 miles in diameter, and only 3,000 miles above the Earth. The Earth's uniqueness, fundamental differences, and centrality makes any comparison to other nearby celestial bodies insufficient. Like comparing basketballs to the court on which they bounce. That's their analogy. But again, they're all spherical. The Earth is flat. The other thing I couldn't find and it's not certainly not in this wiki, is why is the Earth flat and everything else is round? How was the Earth formed if it's flat, while everything else is round? Yeah, that's not in there. Next question, why doesn't gravity pull the Earth into a spherical shape? The Earth isn't pulled into a sphere because the force known as gravity exists in a greatly diminished form compared to what is commonly taught. The Earth is constantly accelerating up at a, at a rate of 32 feet per second, 9.8 meters per second squared. This constant acceleration causes what you think of as gravity. Imagine sitting in a car that never stops speeding up. You will be forever pushed into your seat. The problem is that the, the Earth isn't constantly speeding up. It's at a constant speed. You acclimate to a constant speed. If you're in a car and you're going 55 miles an hour, okay, you don't feel the force of going 55 miles an hour. It is only when you accelerate from 0 to 55 that you feel the force. The Earth is moving upward at 9.8 meters per second squared, and it is constant. It does not change. It doesn't slow down. It doesn't speed up, according to Flat Earthers. Because the force of gravity does not slow down or speed up. It doesn't get lighter. It doesn't get heavier. 
it's constant. So if gravity is constant, then your acceleration of the earth, if you're a flat earther, the acceleration of the earth has to be constant. Well, if it's constant, you don't feel pressure. So this analogy makes no sense. Constant acceleration causes what you think of as gravity. Imagine sitting in a car that never stops speeding. You will be forever pushed into your seat, except you're not. The earth works much the same way. It is constantly accelerating upwards, being pushed by a universal accelerator, their term, known as dark energy or etheric, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-C, etheric wind. There are also other theories of flat earth thought that maintain that the earth sits on an infinite plane with the sun moving overhead. Gravity works much like it does in a round earth model and the earth will never form into a sphere because the plane is endless. That's right. It's all a plane. Everything is on a flat two-dimensional space, even though we have, even though we are three-dimensional beings, everything else is on a two-dimensional plane. Astronomy is a pseudoscience. Astronomy does not and cannot follow the scientific method, which is an empirical method of inquiry, which demands that hypothesis is tested with experiment. The astronomer cannot put the stars under controlled experimental conditions to demonstrate ideas and come to the truth of a matter as a chemist can do with his or her materials. The astronomer can only observe and interpret a scientific fallacy which hinders truth and progress. That's right. Astronomy is not a science. It's a pseudoscience. You cannot test the scientific method. And when you point out that all of these things are proven mathematically, they have an issue with math. Math is not scientific. The sun is a sphere which revolves above the earth on a path known as the ecliptic. Its path moves north-south. Again, if, you're, if it's flat, how can you have a north and how can you have a flat? How can you have a south? It, its path moves north-south over the year between the Tropic of Capricorn to the Tropic of Cancer. It illuminates a portion of the earth at a time in its daily cycle of one revolution per 24 hours. Here's my question. If the sun is between the Tropic of Capricorn and the Tropic of Cancer, and the North Pole is at the center of the disk. Why hasn't the North Pole melted? It illuminates a portion of the Earth at a time and is a daily cycle run revolution per 24 hours. One revolution being it goes around in a circle above the Earth. The moon is a sphere which revolves above the surface of the Earth in a manner similar to the sun. It moves at a slightly slower rate of revolution, rising and setting 50 minutes, 50 minutes later each day. The moon has a monthly phase cycle ranging from new moon to full moon. What it doesn't explain is... How can you have a new moon and a full and if they're both at 3,000 miles above the earth, which means they are at the same elevation above the planet, the sun and the moon? How can you have a new moon to a full moon if they're on the same plane above the same distance plane above the earth and when they're the same size? The planets are spheres which move above the face of the earth and across the sky with apparent relationship to the sun. Known to antiquity, yes, that's right. They're referencing antiquity as wandering stars. The planets were once thought to be key to the nature of the solar system, the Earth's place in it. The stars are luminous elements which move in a layer above the sun and moon at a rate of about one rotation every blah, blah, blah. The underlying cause for the rotation is a vast cornucopia of stellar systems orbiting around its center of attraction, an imaginary point of shared attraction. So there's something out there that's imaginary. It doesn't exist, but it's what's causing them to do shit. According to flat earth theory, gravity is not the main force keeping us on the ground. Some sort of universal acceleration. Objects on the earth's surface have weight because of all sufficiently massive celestial bodies are accelerating upward. The mass of the earth is thought to shield the objects atop it from the direct force of universal acceleration. Alternatively, it is the mass of the earth. Again, mass is essential to creating gravity. Gravity is a product of mass. But the mass of the earth, which can't have mass because it's flat, 
or it can't have great a great it can't have a great deal of mass because it's flat. The mass of the Earth is thought to shield the objects atop it from the direct force of UA. Bullshit. Alternatively, it is possible that the force of UA can actually pass through objects. So the mass of the Earth is shielding you from UA, but the UA can still pass through things. It's like the force. The Atmo layer. Atmo, A-T-M-O-L-A-Y-E-R, is a series of layers of gases above inhabited part of the Earth. As if there's an uninhabited part of the Earth. Therefore, Atmo layer is the flat Earth term for the round Earth atmosphere. There's a dome of atmosphere over the flat Earth. We live in a giant fucking snow globe. That's what this is. The flat Earth is a giant goddamn snow globe. Except for you don't pick it up and shake it, it's just moving upward all the time which is another issue entirely because if you're in space or if you're in a void or wherever you're at in, how can there be an up and down so that you're moving upward? And not only are you moving upward, you're moving upward with such sufficiently force, such sufficient force that everything in the goddamn solar system, which is way, way fucking bigger than we are, is going with us. And there's no explanation as to how those things are going with us. Now to the conspiracy. The conspiracy is the blanket term mostly commonly used by proponents of zetetism, that's it, people who rely on their senses for shit, to refer to the active faking of space travel. That's right, it's all fake. The motive of the conspiracy. There is no flat earth conspiracy. NASA is not hiding the shape of the earth from anyone. The purpose of NASA is not to hide the shape of the earth or trick people into thinking it's round or anything of the sort. There is space there is a space travel conspiracy. The purpose of NASA is to fake the concept of space travel to further America's militaristic dominance of space. There's no space travel, but we've dominated fucking space, okay? We, we've never been there, we're never going there, we can't go there. We've faked the whole goddamn thing, but we've dominated that motherfucker. That was the purpose of NASA's creation from the very start, to put ICBMs and other weapons into space, or at least to appear to. In 1958, Lyndon Johnson and the Senate Special Committee on Space and Aeronautics, Astronautics, excuse me, drafted a resolution to change the name of the U.S. Army's ballistic missile arsenal to the National Aeronautics and its Space Administration. NASA's early rocket research is well documented to have been a complete failure, plagued by one disaster after another. At some point, perhaps after the Apollo, perhaps after the Apollo 1 disaster, it was decided to fake the space program outright and use rockets which only needed to fly into the air until they disappeared from sight. Perhaps after the Apollo 1 disaster. We don't know when, we just know they did it. They decided to fake all this shit. NASA went outright, or excuse me, NASA went from nearly every launch being a failure to a near flawless track record, able to land man on the moon multiple times without error. Except for that pesky Apollo 13. But of course, that was done to show that it was to show that the whole thing was real. NASA went from nearly every launch being a failure to a near flawless track record, able to land man on the moon multiple times without error and with only two public spectacles of failure in 45 years. The Earth is portrayed as round in NASA media because NASA thinks it's round. They are not running a real space program, so they wouldn't know what the shape of the Earth truly takes. At the time of NASA's creation, the general population already believed that the Earth was round based on the handed down teachings of the ancient Greeks which was why it was depicted in that manner. As with everyone else in the country, the people of NASA were taught the fiction of a globe Earth from the cradle, so they had, there was no doubt in their mind as to display it. They're just suckers. Those poor bastards don't know any better. All that shit that they do, all, the, all that effort they put into, you know, developing tang and dehydrated food and all the other shit that we use every day and that they've developed that we use day in and day out. Those poor bastards. Evidence for the conspiracy. 
a quote. That's right. The evidence for the conspiracy is a quote. Quote, all government agencies lie part of the time, but but NASA is the only one I've ever encountered that does so routinely, unquote. This is a quote from George Keyworth, a science advisor to President Reagan in testimony before Congress in March of 1985. I didn't, I'm not really. There's a whole shit ton of links, links that they've got about the Apollo program. The Apollo program was a fraudulent NASA space flight endeavor, which allegedly landed the first men on the moon. And there's a whole shit tons of hyperlinks showing, you know, NASA's moon ball and astronauts on wires and no delaying communication between astronauts and mission control and a close look at the lunar lander and moon buggy problems and sneakers on the moon and Dr. David Grobe's photography analysis and the Apollo sun is a stage light. A guy named Thomas Barron was silenced for attempting to expose the truth, blah, 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 blah. NASA mission, Mars missions, NASA's Mars exploration rover missions or robotic space missions involving various rovers, which allegedly explored the surface of Mars. NASA faking the colors of the Martian skies, a hyperlink. There's the Cassini Saturn mission, which shows that the whole thing with that. The Titan images were photoshopped international space station, fake star fields. The earth is an egg, Google maps, backgrounds, bubbles, and lights, the Chinese space hoax. Yes. Even the Chinese are faking their, their space program is fake. This is all of their shit. So that is flat earth theory in a nutshell. That's what they believe and why they believe it. Well, actually, no, I don't know why. Well, yeah, why they believe it because of their senses, because they see it, because they hear it, because they smell it, because they taste it, because they touch it. Therefore, because all of those things, they perceive that the earth is flat. Therefore, the earth must be flat. Evidently, they've never encountered schizophrenics. Evidently, they've never dropped acid, PCP, smoked pot, shit, taken fucking, fucking Oxycontin. Here's an interesting question. Can a blind person, can a blind person know that the earth is flat if they can't see, if they can't see it with their own eyes? If you can't see that the earth is flat, how do you know that the earth is flat? The one thing I could not find, and I think I mentioned this a moment ago, was that nobody can explain why the earth is flat. Why is the earth flat and everything else isn't? Why is the earth moving upward? What is causing it to move upward? How was the earth formed this way and nothing else is? Why is this system of our solar system the way it is? There is no explanation for it. Although I suspect a lot of them are going to say God. Because in the model, if you want to call it that, and it's not really a model because everything is woefully inconsistent. None of these things sync together. There's no explanation for why the earth and the moon and the planets and everything move up upward along with us. There's no real dispute about the circumference or the, the in this case, flat earthers, the diameter of the earth. There's no real dispute about that. Conveniently, the diameter of the flat earth is the same as the diameter of the earth of the spherical earth. Exactly the same. I couldn't find anything that explains how deep down into the ground the earth is. How flat is the earth? Is it a thin crust pizza or is it a Chicago style pizza? Couldn't find any of that. There's no consistent system here. There's no model as one as a, as a, one of the YouTube videos I saw was, he's like, you know, this is all, he didn't say bullshit, but I'm going to say bullshit. This is all bullshit because there is no model here. There is nothing. There is no science here. I'll give you an example. Well, it's not really an example, but there was a video and it was this group, um, conveniently their acronym was CSI. And I think it stands for center for scientific inquiry. They did an experiment, a couple of experiments on the water at this really large lake, which is like 60 some miles in, uh, in length. It's a big ass lake. 
and they invited some flat earthers to observe this experiments that they were going to do. And one of them was they were going to have this sailboat or this boat with the sail on it that had these different colored striped levels on it. And you'd be able to observe as the boat went further and further away, you'd see obviously with the earth being round, you'd see that the the mat the the sail would get smaller and smaller and the levels the 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 color lines on it would you'd move the only ones you'd be able to see would be the ones higher up i don't think these experiments were particularly effective i think there is much a much easier way i think to uh, to show that the earth is round i think you could do it with lasers really i think if you get a high powered enough laser or what um the, those things that surveyors use you could probably do it that way if it's strong enough, you could probably didn't done it that way. Well, if you're going to be here and you're going to put this meter, this sensor, 60 miles away, you're going to be able to, you know, the earth is round. You're going to be able to see that they're not going to be the, the sensor is going to have to be way higher than the, the source of the laser, if I've got that right. But it was clear from observation, you watch and you see the boat disappear and the sail, this big sail slowly disappear and the flat earthers are there to watch it happen nope prove nothing it's all a matter of it's a it's an illusion it's uh it's the water it's the it's the glare on the water playing tricks with your eyes keep in mind all of this is based on what you can perceive everything that they their tire basis for flat earth for the flat earth is because they perceive it it looks flat therefore it must be flat well, they just conducted an experiment that shows that shows that if the earth was flat, then that boat should have shouldn't have done what it did. You should have been able to see the whole thing the whole time. And you didn't. Well, that's because the water's playing tricks on you. Interestingly enough, there was another video that was of a presentation done at a conference. And this guy was this guy is someone who believes that the earth is flat because God made it. So he's a Christian flat earther. He was exceptionally snarky and condescending. Man, he was he was kind of a dick. But he was super snarky. He was trolling hard. And he talked about how he and a friend of his conducted an experiment on Lake Michigan where they were on one side of Lake Michigan and they looked across and they could see the city of Chicago. Which if the earth is flat or if the earth is round, you shouldn't be able to do. And they said, no, 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 no. That's the city of Chicago. You can see it. Therefore, you know, we're, we're dozens of miles away. You shouldn't, if the earth is round, you shouldn't be able to see Chicago. They, evidently a local weatherman in Michigan did a story on this and pointed and, you know, they did some research and he talked to a scientist and they were like, yeah, well, you know, it's the water. It's the atmosphere in the water that you think you're seeing Chicago, but you're really not. You're seeing something else. You're seeing essentially a mirage of Chicago. So you have one flat earth and the flat earth says, no, 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 no. That's not a mirage. That is Chicago. You're actually seeing the city of Chicago. Therefore, the earth is flat. So when the boat, when they're there and the boat is going further and further away and it's shrinking and shrinking, what you're seeing is an illusion. But when, but when you're really, really far away on the other side of Lake Michigan from the city of Chicago, you're actually seeing the city of Chicago. You're not seeing an illusion. Notice the contradiction or is that a full-blown paradox? I'm going to go with contradiction. I have no defense for this. And this is conspiracy. This is, you know, and they believe in this conspiracy theory that the earth is flat, that Antarctica is actually a wall. You can't go to, they believe you cannot go to Antarctica. The governments will not let you. They stop short of saying you will be killed if you try, even though cruise ships go to Antarctica all the time. I believe my grandparents, before they died, after they had retired, they'd gone up, they were cruise, they were cruise junkies. They'd go to the West Coast, hop on a boat, 
and I think they'd go up the west, the Pacific coast around Alaska and go to Russia. They did that. They did the Alaska cruise a bunch of times. And my parents, I think, went with them at least once. They were cruise junkies. I think, I'm almost positive, I think they did the the Antarctica thing. And it begs the question that if the sun, and there's no dispute, and I haven't seen anything that says that the sun isn't a giant fusion reactor. I haven't seen anything from flat earthers that disputes that the sun is a giant fusion reactor. But if it's only 32 miles in diameter, and it's only 3,000 miles above the earth, and it's a giant fusion reactor, it's a, it's not Chernobyl, it's not a nuclear reactor as we know it, but it's a fusion reactor, something we want to achieve, but it's a giant fusion reactor. And if it's only 3,000 miles above the earth and it's 32 miles in diameter and it's putting out as much heat as it is, even if it's only between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn, which begs the question, if the earth is flat, why do we have an equator? Why isn't the equator going through the North Pole? When the International Dateline or the Prime Meridian it's not the international dateline. The prime meridian and the international dateline are different. Why isn't, it, why isn't everything based on the prime meridian? The center of the planet has to go through the North Pole because if the Earth is flat. Why do we have an equator? Why do we have a Tropic of Cancer? And why do we have a Tropic of Capricorn? If the Earth is flat, those things do not need to exist. Also, if everything is warmer at the equator and if the sun only goes between the Tropic of Capric Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn all the time there's no explanation as to the pattern why is why is it when the northern hemisphere is warm the southern hemisphere is cold and vice versa what about global warming climate change what's it doing to the wall if the earth is flat and the ice wall is there to keep everything in and you don't know what's beyond the ice wall how do you know that the earth is actually a disk as opposed to an infinite plane what if we really are in the matrix Ooh, I wonder how many flat earthers believe in the that we are in the matrix. Hmm, interesting question. Flat earth theory, quote unquote. It's not really a theory. It's bullshit is what it is. What you have are people. What you have are people who have immersed themselves in something for the same reasons people believe that in the Kennedy conspiracy or believe in aliens and UFO abductions and people who believe in crazy Pizzagate or, or who believe in the, the the Illuminati or the Trilateral Commission or the New World Order, all that kind of stuff. It's all the same mindset and flat earthers are in there and they all operate from the from a it's all about feeling important or feeling that, you know, something that nobody else knows, that you have knowledge that no one else has. You know, the truth that makes you unique. Donald Trump, who thinks he's the most special human being on the planet and always has thought he's the most special human being on the planet, believes in all kinds of conspiracy theories. They almost all involve himself, which makes them exceptionally self-serving, but, you know, he's a narcissist. But that's what this is. Flat Earth theory is a conspiracy theory, okay? They have a conspiracy. When you watch the videos, there's a video series by this one guy, um, Mark Sargent. I might have his name wrong. Let me check my notes, because I have a hyperlink for him in my notes for all of the shit that he's got on YouTube. Yes, Mark Sargent. He has, a, he has a bunch of videos, and I watched like the first four of them, and they're called Flat Earth Clues. Now, this guy, you go to his page on YouTube, you've got to do a lot of scrolling to get down to him because they're like the first things, and he's posted hundreds and hundreds of things. He does like a three-hour, I want to say it's like a three-hour YouTube broadcast, like twice a week. There's another group called Globe Busters. Yeah, Globe Busters. And they do like a three-hour sh show every week. I'm so, I, I don't know how you can do three hours of flat earth shit every week. And they've done like dozens, if not hundreds of episodes. 
flat earthers, they've adopted the, um, the intelligent design uh, strategy, which is the teach the controversy as if there actually is a controversy. They oper- they, they've incorporated the teach the controversy strategy. I'm just asking questions rather than supporting their theory. They're going to poke holes in yours. They're going to poke hole. They're going to poke holes in your explanation. They're going to teach the controversy. If men evolved from apes, why are there still apes? That type of shit. Well, if the earth is flat, well, if the earth is round, what about this? Because if you can't answer a question because you haven't found the answer yet, though, well, that must mean God or it must mean the earth is flat. But this one guy, Mark Sargent, he's got a YouTube channel and he's got like the first 10 or 13 videos on his channel are these videos called flat earth clues. And he's, he's this teach that he's this, you know, I'm just asking questions, do your own research type of thing, which don't trust the experts, trust, trust your own eyes and ears, trust yourself. Don't trust these people. Trust yourself. If you, if your eyes and ears tell you that the earth is flat, then the earth is flat. You can't be wrong. Your senses are never wrong. Your perception of things is never wrong. It's as if they've never met somebody who was mentally ill or shit. Somebody who's taken a sharp blow to the head. What did your senses feel like after you've had a concussion? But he has these videos and they're very, um, they're well-produced. He's actually a very affable and likable guy when he's, when he's being interviewed by other people, like, you know, he, he's in the ABC news story and he's in the national geographic story. He's a very nice, affable, likable guy. He's charming. He's got a little bit of charisma and he produces these videos and he's very serious and he almost, he's almost scholarly, even though he's not a scholar, you know, it's like you're watching a documentary or, but it's all, but it's all pilfering shit about NASA and conspiracy and you're being lied to and trust your own eyes and ears and do your own research, do your own research. But the only conclusion that you could possibly reach is mine, but do your own research. And if that research points you to the fact that the earth is round, well, you're fucking wrong. Oh, I completely forgot that Alex Jones in InfoWars has a flat earth video and it's really conspiratorial, super conspiratorial. It's pretty good. I also apply, um, posted a couple of uh, rebuttal videos from this guy, Professor Dave. I think it's Professor Dave. He's been going back and forth with this, with this Globebusters group for a while, I guess, because he's done multiple videos about them. And I guess they've done multiple videos about him. And it's, you know, it's a tit for tat type of thing. It's like, okay, people get out of the fucking house. Go find something to do. Get a hobby. Go for a walk. They, I've got Mark Sargent's YouTube channel on there. I've got the inf, I've got an Infowars YouTube video. I've got Mark Sargent's intro introductory video to his Flat Earth Clues. Um, there's a seminar from the Flat Earth International Conference 2019 from a Christian perspective. I got through about half an hour of it. I didn't get to the Christian perspective part of it. It was it was all the whole snark and condescension, and you can see Chicago from the other side of Lake Michigan thing. And then there's some general, then there's some conventional news stories, ABC, National Geographic, Vice News. So that is my deep dive into the flat earth theory. Again, I'm not being objective. I'm not being, I'm not trying, I'm not going to look, I can't look at, I can't, I can't look at this from the other side. This is like the incel episode. I'm sorry, but you know, I can't, I don't even, I don't feel bad for them. I want to feel bad for them, but I don't because it's like, really, how do you, how can you believe in this? seriously sincerely honestly now granted they're like in the same boat with other conspiracy theorists and you know those people who believe in bigfoot people who believe in bigfoot get their own reality tv shows on like the travel channel and stuff there's no tv shows for flat earthers but that's the flat earth what do you think do you believe in a flat earth if so i'd like to hear from you comments questions criticisms or concerns rebuttals Ooh, rebuttals 
If you're a flat earther, you gotta be used to doing rebuttals. I welcome your rebuttal. I may not take it seriously, but I welcome it. I will listen to what you have to say. Here's how you can get in touch with the show. The Twitter handle is at I have so many pod. Slide into the DMs, shoot me a regular message, send me a video, send me a recording. If you go to the anchor, if you go to the web page, if you go to the web page for the show on anchor.fm, you can leave a vocal message. You can leave a voice message. The email address is I have questions podcast at gmail.com. Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash I have so many questions podcast. If you don't believe in the flat earth, but you have comments, questions, criticisms, or concerns about this episode or any other episode or about me in per- pers- personally, or if you just want to go off on a rant about something that has nothing to do with this episode, let me know. Ideas for the show, let me know. I'm always soliciting ideas. In doing my research on conspiracy theories, the kind of background research, I came across a couple of conspiracy theories that I found particularly enjoyable, and I may use them, I may do a quick hit on them because they're really, I've never heard of them before, and I was genuinely intrigued, and then when I looked into it and further, I'm like, there are people who believe this, okay? But let me know what you think, how you feel. Input is always welcome on this show. This has been I Have So Many Questions. I have been your spherical dullard Brian Watson. Actually, your spherical dullard host Brian Watson. Thank you for your time and for your patronage. Good night, Cleveland. things don't add up during a case in Brooklyn, a medical examiner starts thinking over her life experiences to try and understand. If we are all itchy ape creatures, why do some kill and others stop the killing? A fiction podcast written by Samuel. Cherry Cola. New episodes every month on the 15th. Available wherever you get your podcasts.